Hey everyone, this is another episode of the Triple Ops Report. And today, the main topic today is going to be ESPN layoffs. That's been a, a massive thing that's happened to the, uh, over the last almost week now at this point. And uh, just laying down what, what's happening, uh, apparently it's because some people say that it's because of a uh, 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 lack of, of cable subscribers or lack of viewers and cable. So they're trying to, to make bank. I guess, or, or or help out fix any financial bugs, even though this is a lot, I don't know. Like, look at the list of names. At least 20 people are going to be, are, are going to be released by ESPN. Of these 20, uh, so far, it's Jeff Van Gundy. It's a major name in NBA. He's the main commentator for them. Uh, Jalen Rose, another main guy like uh, analyst for them on on their NBA shows uh Max Kellerman that's he has his own show he used to be one of the main people for first for a uh, first take Keyshawn Johnson him and Max Kellerman had a, a show with uh Jason Williams in the morning now that's pretty much done I believe that's gonna be that's gonna be the new slot time slot for Pat McAfee's new show but still like, wow, losing both Max Kellerman and Keyshawn Johnson. Because Keyshawn Johnson was also there for NFL. Todd McShay was a major one for NFL draft. Like, wow, okay. Like, that's a big loss. Huge loss. He's been there for years. Him, him and Jeff Van Gundy. And Jalen Rose. Rose has been there since the 2000s. What, mid to late 2000s? Well, late 2000s. Van Gundy, too? Matt Hasselbeck's another loss over at NFL side of ESPN. Ashley Brewer, she's new. She's only been there since, I believe, 2020. Susie Colbert, she's been there as long as I can remember. She's been there since at least the early 2000s, if not longer. Probably the 90s, really. She's been there for a while, for years. Steve Young, he's been one of the main guys over at the NFL side for them for a while, too. LaFonso Ellis, he's been there for, for a good bit over at college basketball side of ESPN. Uh, Jason Fitz, he's been one of their main people, at, uh, not just for radio, but also like for social media, stuff like that. June Lee, he had a, he had a major part in, in terms of social media, and he was on TV a lot. Uh, Jordan Cornette, I remember him from ACC Network, I believe. He's been around college sports a lot. David Pollock is a major one from College Game Day. I mean, he's been there since, what? Late 2000s, early 2010s, about that time span. For a while now. Nick Friedel, he's had, uh, as far as like the NBA side from LA. Doug Kazarian, he's one of their main guys for uh, betting, sports betting. You usually see that show on ESPN News, if I'm correct. Uh, Andre Ward, one of their main guys for boxing, was not just one of their main guys for boxing, like, Wow, yeah, he would. That, that's a big one in terms of the boxing side. Like, he's one of their main two commentators. And Okay, uh, Gene Wojciowski. This man has been narrating College Game Day, it seems like, since I was a kid. Like, the earliest parts of College Game Day I can remember, I can, like, as er- almost as early as I can remember watching College Game Day, Gene Wojciowski was always narrating a story there. He's been there for... Feels like almost 20 years now, not 20 years. Maybe even longer. 
Like that. That's it. In despite despite all that, they still have two more, at least, people getting released. That's a lot. That's just on-air talent. That's a lot of on-air talent. And that doesn't include three people who also left ESPN beforehand. Neil Everett has been there since feels like forever. A long time. That's a huge loss. Uh, Chris Chelios. He's been there. I mean, he was one of their, their main guys for hockey analysts since they brought back NHL to ESPN. I'm surprised he left so early and bringing back hockey, you know. GSPN. Uh, Rob Ninkovich. It's another guy who just left. So, like, they're losing a lot of people. A lot of people. And now, as Stephen A. Smith said, I mean, he said, this. Is, I don't think this is the case, but he said he, he could be up. Like, his job could be up for grabs. Who knows? I don't think that's the case. But still, like, that's, that's held on pins and needles everyone is right now. Probably at ESPN. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. That, that's, that's, I don't know. Like, that's not the only one that's happening. Like, this is a problem that's been happening throughout a lot of media uh, for the last few years now, it seems like. But he's, even sticking back to ESPN, this is not the only time they've had uh, massive layoffs. Shocking ones. They've had them for a while now. For years now. Like, people who, people who have, who have, been working at ESPN for almost 20 years being just taken away. The job's taken away. Just released. Laid off. It, it, like, even on first take, not gonna attack, like, the people there. There are some people, but, like, people are like, wow, I don't know who these guys are on the, the episode of First Take on Tuesday. Like, is a, this is the situation they're in. Taking off people from college game days, like, that is just... That's... Okay, what is... Wow. Take Todd McShay, who is going to be your the, uh, NFL draft scout? Like, the main guy for the NFL draft for you guys. Like, what's going on at ESPN? That, that's... Why? Like, uh... Th- those seem like practical, like, major losses. Everyone's job is important, but you know what I mean. Like, you need... Experts, you know, people like that for your NFL draft, right? You only have two of them that you mainly use. He's one of them. It's strange. I don't, like, are you going to hire another one? He's going to have a uh, uh, Mel Kiper Jr. just there by himself? Like, <laughs> what in the world? It, it, this is, that that's concerning. And, like, they're not the only channel who's doing stuff like this. The, uh, like, and ESPN's under Disney, so it's mainly just it's Disney as a whole doing stuff like this. Disney's done massive layoffs throughout the year, not just ESPN. Like, uh, we talked about that, that I, well, we didn't talk about, but, like, this lady who had been, who helped, like, uh, save, what, the tapes for e- Disney in the past, and she'd been allowed to, to work there as she should, uh, that's what a lot of companies do. Like when someone does stuff like that, they they or their descendants, they're allowed to have like a, a permanent honorary job. She got released earlier this year, like that. Yeah, that, that that's that's stuff that's happening right now. Like, uh, 
not just like people either, shows. Like Bomani Jones, uh, Game Theory, just got canceled by Max after two seasons. Actually, might be more successful than other shows that are in that same situation. Uh, not trying to laugh because this is an awful situation, but Bill Simmons, Joe Buck, Bob Costas all had sports shows that got canceled like almost immediately for Max. Well, HBO at the time. Uh, Brian Gumbel's like the only one that's worked long term in that situation. I don't know what's, I don't know what's up with that. Like, Max is a notoriously canceled or eliminated shows from their actual like streaming service, or just canceled them in general. Canceled shows that didn't even exist, or in the case of Batgirl, a movie that didn't even exist. And then we're not gonna talk about write-offs. Like, write-offs are practically like a, if I'm correct, it's like a, what happened with Megas XLR. And that this is something that happened back in what two thousand and four or five. So this has been going on for years. Where like it was pretty much written off as a tax loss, and because of that, it can't be exploited. Like yeah, it can't be exploited at least domestically in any way, or the network will get into some sort of tax legal trouble. So you can't even show it anymore. Not only is it canceled, or like canceled before it even happens, you can't watch it. They can't broadcast it as like a like a like a rerun or anything like that. Nope. Even that's happening. But like the amount of shows that that have been canceled by Max or yeah, just overall or programming in general, there's been a lot. I believe up to last month or two months ago, it was eighty-seven that were just removed. Not even can't like just removed from Max. 87 programs. That's a lot of programs. Like, a lot of cartoons. Jeez. There's a, that's that's concerning because the, the, the appeal of Max was the massive amount of, of programs it had. The, how big the library is. So you would think they want to keep as much of that as possible. Is money that bad? Really? Is money really that bad for these, these, these corporations that they have to gut everything like this constantly. Because this has been going on for, for a while now. For multiple years now. It, it, it's, it's a problem. It's not just sports. It is, like you said, it's, it's, it's entertainment in general. So, like, I, I don't know when it's going to end. It's not... It is not uh, very hopeful for the future. That's all I'll say. It looks... Very, and I said this before with something else, but it looks very bleak for the future. And the scary thing is, like, that's not all for Max either. Like, CNN, all the layoffs they've had, the, 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 the shrinking profits, the low ratings, the former chairman that they just hired getting fired almost immediately or being a disaster. Like, it, apparently, morale's low there. Netflix is just acting stupid, doing whatever they can to, to make people turn off as much as possible, whether it be canceling shows or, or making sure that people can't uh, stay on the same, uh, under the same password. Like, it's just stupid stuff. Peacock is just, well, 
Actually, there's just a different problem, but I'll get to that later on. But yeah, sticking back with this, like, canceling shows, even that, like, how many shows get get a chance to, to grow? Like, uh, Succession's probably, like, one of the rare cases where they actually allowed a, a show to grow from being lesser known and just get bigger over day, overnight or, like, gradually bigger. Like, like, most shows, if you're not big in the first two seasons now, they just cancel you. Which is the reason why they had to cancel Bomani's show. But still, like, give it some time. Succession started out, it debuted as a 10 p at the 10 p.m. slot behind Westworld on HBO. It was not, which means they don't have, they, they didn't intend for this to be like a big thing. And it ended up being a huge show for them. One of the greatest programs HBO's ever had. So, and just racking up Emmys left and right. So, I, like, like I don't know why, if you see the success of, of Succession, why you don't do that, why you don't do that with other shows. You never know what could happen. Like, in the, in the past, yeah, shows have always been canceled early because of lack of success. That's always been a thing as far as long as TV's been around. But, like, not at this rate. So many programs are getting canceled. Or not even happening. And so many are used as tax writers. Like I said, tax writers have been around as long as I've been watching TV. But the, the rate of it right now is a lot. We can't even see an entire Brat Girl movie. Like, period. Like, it's done. Legally, you can't see it. Well, probably can't see it still. But, like, think of that. Like, like... The big corporations that have taken over all these entertainment companies, and and now they're using them like they they they're working them like they work a big corporation. They don't care about quality as much as quantity, which you know it is what it is. But still, even with that, like theming, is 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 it a streaming problem, or is it like is is that why the money is not there, like? Is it because cable makes? I get cable TV makes more like it's a safe way to make money because you're gonna get ads regardless, regardless like advertisements at a high level. Sometimes it's not a good thing for the viewers, especially when it comes to sports, having a gajillion commercials in between each commercial break and having a commercial break one time. There are multiple times where they've had commercial breaks like seconds in between. Like, only one play in another commercial break. But still, like, they make money that way. Is it because of that? Because streaming doesn't make as many... Doesn't have as many advertisers? Like, if that's the case, then that's the cause of concern for television in general. Because cable right now is... Lacking viewership. I I, I believe... Is this... I believe it was Brandon Thurston? Well, yeah, you guys can look at him. He's really informed when it comes to TV. Like, I believe one of his charts showed that... It was it last year that cable only made a fifty-three percent of viewership. Period. Just 50, just just fifty-three percent was cable. And like I believe one of these recent weeks, like the highest rated show on cable was uh, got like a point two five. Like the main demographic. A point two five. And the highest show on just any type of television, I believe it was uh, Wheel of Fortune, got a .48. That's it. That's how little amount of TV people are watching now. 
because of streaming. So if it's an advertising problem, and streaming will eventually probably surpass it to like cable as like the main way to watch programs in general, they better get on that. Like seriously. Because if they don't, then TV in the future, well, television in the future, how we watch stuff in general in the future, be very, con- very, very concerning. Especially with Peacock, stuff like that. Like NBC, they're going all in with Peacock now. Especially when it comes to like live events. They merged WWE Network with Peacock. So like all that's now just a part of Peacock. Uh, all the Olympics and all that stuff, a lot of Olympic sports are now just going to be a Peacock. Like Diamond League, it's just on Peacock now. It used to be on NBC, on, on NBC Sports, uh, stuff like that. CNBC, nope, just Peacock. I told you about how uh, the USATF, like outdoor championships, it's going to be either Peacock or CNBC now. Like, like that's how they're doing their stuff now. Uh, they're they're putting Nor- half the well seems like majority of Notre Dame games in college football now are on Peacock. Uh, with the Big Ten deal, the first game of the year for Michigan. I'm a big fan of Michigan. Uh, uh, Michigan, go blue. Their first game versus East Carolina is going to be at noon on Peacock, which means I have to subscribe to Peacock. I can't watch on ESPN. I can't watch it on, on, on NBC, which you would think because it's a Saturday, so what takes on NBC on Saturday mornings? Because no one watches Saturday morning cartoons anymore since they killed that off in like 2014 or whatever. So like, what's on NBC at noon on a Saturday? In the fall? Nothing. So, okay. I guess he's, nope, gotta put it on Peacock. Gotta push the streaming service. Like, the stuff like that. Uh... At one time, they had, well, they still do, like, all the Premier League games, almost all of them were on Peacock now. And so, like, if this is the way it's going to go and, like, stuff just eventually goes to Peacock, there are some, some rumors that maybe WWE with Raw and SmackDown, since they're a part of Comcast, mainly Raw, but if the SmackDown deal with Fox doesn't continue, maybe Raw and SmackDown and WWE would put all their live programming on Peacock. There's a potential. So, like, stuff like that, like, eventually everything will probably go into a streaming service. So, if you're not making money like that, and you put all your programming on there, you gotta fix whatever's the problem there. Because if it's not, it's just them being greedy, then that's another problem. Uh, that's a problem with this country in general, but it's whatever's a problem, please fix it, because people deserve their jobs. This doesn't have to happen. It's... It, as a pro wrestling fan, I saw this happen with WWE, like, mass releasing a, a crap ton of people for, like, two straight years, it felt like, or even three straight years during a pandemic. It just felt, I don't like seeing that. That's been happening with ESPN for a while now, too. So, like, please fix this. This has been an ongoing problem, and I don't see it ending anytime soon, unfortunately. Another thing, did you guys hear about uh, San Diego State? Utter chaos going on. Again, this involves... Conference realignment. Uh, San Diego State, apparently, they tried to leave the Mountain West and now they're back. We know about that. Like, they tried to leave the Mountain West in July when college football sta- schedules have already happened. And, like I said, everyone's got TV and, uh, like, the games are, they already had the dates and the channels are going to be on, everything like that. So, like, that would have been, I don't even know how that's even sensible. But 
now they decided I, I also talked about how like almost overnight they decided yeah, actually we're gonna stay with the Mountain West well now San Diego State has sent a letter to Mountain West before they, apparently they sent a letter to the Mountain West before the June 30th deadline saying it is staying in a conference only problem is Mountain West says it already left and now owes an exit fee estimated at 17 million dollars so San Diego State is still gonna play this year in the Mountain West oh, oh that's fine but next year they're kind of lost because no one wants them, apparently. And the Mountain West doesn't want them. And they owe the Mountain West millions of dollars. So, I, I don't know, that's a that's a mess that they're in right now. Uh, hopefully that gets fixed and they stay with the Mountain West because I don't see any other conference that makes sense for San Diego State. I don't know. Maybe the Pac-12? I, I don't know if they have the pedigree for the Pac-12. Who knows? Then again, I didn't Look at Utah. So I, who knows? Well, Utah is a little bigger than San Diego State. Historic. Well, so historically speaking, the continent. Now I'll give the edge to Utah. But even schools like uh, Arizona, they're history before they joined the Pac-12, but that was decades ago. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, hopefully they get everything fixed. Because you don't want to have a situation where you're like a UMass when they, they went the MAC and they got kicked out the Mac and they were just kind of in chaos and they still haven't really recovered in college football. They have not been good since. Actually, they weren't good then either. So you don't want to have a, a mess like that. Or Temple. Thank goodness for them. They actually had a good relationship with the Mac. Got better. Moved up from there and now they're doing fine, I guess, from a structure standpoint. But yeah, like you don't want to have a situation like that. Especially that's good a program at San Diego State. It's another chapter in the chaos that's conference realignment in college football and college sports in general. It's a, a big mess. Like, I didn't even know Murray State, not like the Missouri Valley, uh, Western Illinois joined the Ohio Valley now. I just got that like about a few weeks ago. Like, what? And Murray State's joined the Missouri Valley? So, like, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mess. Right now, so hopefully they get some regulation when it comes to 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 to, to college realignment because it's getting out of control. Teams are moving at paces that I can't even like follow properly. And with sports, a big thing that's happening. I think the biggest thing in sports uh, this weekend is the USATF, which stand, stands for United States of America Track and Field Outdoor Championships. This is a big deal, especially this year, because next year is the Olympics, right? So this is how this goes. For each event in the outdoor championships, world outdoor championships in track and field, which this year will be in Budapest, Hungary, uh, in each event per country, usually it's three people per event, right? So an a neat thing happens when it comes to, to the world championships, right? Uh, whenever you're a defending gold medalist in the previous world championships in track and field, or like a, a defending winner of the Diamond League, and I'll get to the Diamond League that part immediately after this, I'm about to say, you get an extra automatic buy into the world championships for the next year. So that's four spots. Now, when it comes to the Diamond League, the Diamond League is a season is pretty much like the regular season for track and field 
for outdoor track and field. It's multiple Diamond League events around the world from probably about April, May to August, September, the whole season pretty much, in which like they rack up amount of wins or, or where you place in each event every week or so or every event or so, you make it the most amount of points and the person with the most amount of points wins said Diamond League Championship. And when you win that championship, you get an automatic buy. Well, actually, I'm wrong on that. What is is that the most amount of points, the person with the most amount of points goes to the Diamond League Finals, like the main final Diamond League event. And whoever wins that event is the Diamond League champion of that said event. And that person also gets a buy into the World Championships of the next year. So that's four spots. Now, here's a neat thing that also happens. If a country has a Diamond League champion and a uh, reigning world champion, the reigning world champion has an uh, advantage over the Diamond League champion. So that person ends up getting the buy and the Diamond League champion of that same country does not. Because you can have four spots, but apparently you can't have five. Which is a little weird, but, you know, whatever. So, yeah, that's how this goes. So, it's pretty important, I would say, and this year's World Championships is super important because, again, it previews the Olympics like next year in Paris. So I, I would definitely watch this. Certain stars obviously aren't going to be there because they're reigning world champions. Like, you're probably not going to see Noah Lyles win a 200. You're not going to see Fred Curley win a 100 because they're already in. So it wouldn't really make sense. You don't want to risk injury or anything like that. So, yeah, they don't have to go like that. They could probably go in the first round, but that's it. So, like, overall, it's going to be a, a big deal because there's a lot of, of events where people can potentially win gold or at least medal this year. I think the only events where I don't see a possible medalist in are, what, men's discus? Uh, <laughs> like, the, some of the more longer-distance events? That's about it, really. Every other event we can medal in, if not win gold. Like... Maybe women triple jump? I don't know. Like, I, I'm really, like, it's, it's grasping at straws here with this. Like, the U.S. death-wise, probably the best I've seen in years. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, it's from Thursday all the way through Sunday, July 6th to July the 9th. Our day sessions will be USA, they'll be broadcast on USATF.TV and the primetime sessions on CNBC and Peacock. And it's the 4th of July holiday. So you know what that means, and Nathan's hot dog eating championship. And with that, of course, another win for Joey Jaws Chestnut. This man, he's won how many right now? He's won every single men's side since 2007. Only one time did he lose. And he revenged that the next year, in 2011, if I'm correct, right? Wait, no, he was actually in 2015. But he avenged it next year in 2016. So every year, with the exception of 2015, since 07, this man has won this event. This year, 62 hot dogs eaten. 62. That is an absurd amount of hot dogs. And was it in 10 minutes or so? Am I correct? 62 hot dogs in that time span. Goodness gracious. 
you know, on the woman's side, uh, if I'm correct, Mickey Sudo again wins Nathan's hot dog championship. So, but her ninth title. So just dominance all around. That's a lot of hot dogs. Oh my gosh. I don't know why, but I just, I just love that event. It's 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 just, it's the type of those small sports or sports like things that I grew up loving on stuff like ESPN, like wide wide world of sports and stuff like that, like small stuff like this. And just keep that going. I love it. And now, for my last thing, of course, my big time pick. I was pretty confident because of the, the success, the recent success of my big time picks, that I was going to get it correct last time. I thought. Oh yeah, Shoyatani, the Angels are going to dominate the Padres. The Padres were been very disappointing this year. That obviously didn't happen. Uh, the Padres won pretty convincingly, actually, ten to three. So, okay, I'll go stick with something else this time around. A, a, a big sportsman that is happening this weekend, or this weekend weekend. Obviously, I just talked about it. USATF. United States of America Strike and Field Outdoors Championships. And there's one specific event that I'll go make a, a big time pick on. The men's 100 dash. 100 meter dash. Now, this event is going to be pretty loaded because overall, if I'm correct, there have been, what, 12 or 13 men who have broken 10 seconds in 100 meter dash, which is like a major accomplishment in that event. I don't think any other country this year has had more than three. So, it's a lot. Is very loaded and crowded this year and normally stands out except the guy who has an automatic buy and Fred Curley, the, the reigning world champion, gold medalist in the men's 100 meter dash. So, yeah, he won't be even in the event. So, who knows who wins? It's really up for grabs. So, because it's so difficult to, to pick who's going to win, I'm just going to go even bolder. I'm going to go with who's going to make the 4 by one team. So, I'll go ahead and start. I think uh, Fred Curley, obviously, because... He's automatically in there anyway, and he's the reigning world champion and a, and a heavy favorite. So him, I think Noah Lyles makes the team. I think Trayvon Bromel, he hasn't ran a lot this year, but I still think he makes the team anyway. I'm going to go with Marvin Bracey, Christian Coleman, who is still recovering from the year off, but I think he's up to point. And Cravon Charleston, this man's come out of nowhere this year. He's been a guy who hasn't really been on the radar at all until this year, He's but if you've been looking at him, he's been slowly creeping up the last two years. But this year's been a breakout for him. A lot of wins. He looks really good. Uh, so, yeah, that's my 4 by one team. I think there's some other guys who can make it. Wouldn't be surprised. Some like a Michael Norman or even someone from college like a Michael Williams or a Courtney Lindsay. Maybe a Ronnie Baker if he can get back up. But, like, overall, I think those six men I, I just stated, Fred Curley, Noel Lyles, Trayvon Bromel, Marvin Bracey, Christian Coleman, and Craybot Charleston, are going to be your overall four by one, including reserves, men's USA team. So uh, that's it for today. Next episode is Friday. And uh, like I say, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you never know what you're going to see. Subscribe. Please subscribe. Please follow me on Twitter, Pulliam underscore Blake, at Pulliam underscore Blake, all lowercase. And uh, that's it for today. And see y'all.